But what my component does is lays it all out for you. So that's one thing that you don't have to worry about. And you can focus on being that person's loved one where you don't have to worry about the medical record management. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator. I work one-on-one with family caregivers to help them find ways to respond to the often confusing, sometimes frustrating behaviors that come with a dementia diagnosis. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. Our goal is to focus on the caregiver, offer practical insights, share some emotional support, and maybe... Just maybe we'll share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter's the best medicine. Yes, it is, but don't forget the wine, Mike. Oh, speaking of best medicine, huh? (laughs) No, I won't. (laughs) You know, you have spoken internationally on putting care teams together and putting them in place, and I've spoken nationally on how to facilitate a good doctor visit for the person in your care. Yes, we've both spoken on these issues, and it's so important for caregivers not to be alone in this because it's way more than one person can do. It often lasts for several years. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's important to have help along the way. And that brings us to today's guest who has a Master's of Healthcare Administration degree and has been working in medical device and pharmaceutical sales for 15 years with a focal interest in patient education. She is an expert on the ins and outs of medical practice and helps people prepare when they take their loved one with dementia to the doctor's office. We are pleased to welcome Jennifer Woodruff. Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us today and for the work that you do helping caregivers. Hi there. Nice to see you all again. Can you give us a kind of an overview of how you got into this field? Uh, you know, have have you been a caregiver? Is is there experience in your family with this? Um, well, I've been, um, like you said on the intro, that I've been working in pharmaceutical and medical device um, as a representative for various companies. Um, my experience with caregiving, though, lasted because I've been an advocate for patient education all the time. But one of my passions is to always give to the community and I've done a various volunteer work. So how I got into this was I was working as a CASA member, which was a court-appointed special advocate for foster care children. So I was just a component on their care team, if you will. So along with like a guardian ad litem, um, the parent, the foster parents, the school teachers, guidance counselors and everything, I was a CASA member, which was the volunteer. And part of that was to unite everybody on the child's team and act as a communicator to the different uh, people that are taking care of the child. So as a CASA member, we get a general pick, but my, my favorite was working with teenage girls. So uh, one of the girls that I was working with, she had stage three ovarian cancer, and she had to go through that all while, you know, um, surviving, getting ready, through, you know, through foster care and stuff like that. 
And uh, since I did have that medical background and stuff like that, they wanted me to, um, you know, be be the coordinator of that to make sure that she was going to her doctor's offices and stuff like that. So what I did was I designed a program that it was a communicator that she would be able, and all of her, you know, the people that were involved would be able to see where she was at as far as her treatment, her therapy, and then, of course, her status at any given point of time. And the last time she saw doctors and then different kinds of various doctors that she would see because that was not her only chronic condition. That is my caregiving experience, if you will. Well, you know, that kind of correlates with um, what a lot of dementia caregivers deal with. Like in when we had Mike's dad with us, he had several doctors. I mean, he had a psychiatrist for his schizophrenia, a primary care doctor. Um, he had a cardiologist. Um, he, he was working with um, COPD. He had, he had doctors for that. Um, and what we found was each one paid attention to their own area and not necessarily paying attention to the whole picture of what was going on. And that definitely created some issues. Um, at one point, he ended up in the hospital for several weeks when he had a psychotic break because he wasn't taking his, his medicines for schizophrenia. While there, he developed pneumonia, um, but they sent him home because they were sending him home off the psych ward and they weren't paying attention to what, what his physical health was. And when we got him back in the hospital and ended up in ICU and nearly died from the pneumonia, they weren't paying attention to the psych medicines, and he stopped taking those again. So we were in this spiral for a while because nobody was talking to each other. And at one point, you know, we just had to go in and say, this is not a simple case. And so often, they're not simple cases for any of us. So getting this coordinated is so important, uh, regardless of, whether it's several items like you're describing for a teenager or something like we ran into with somebody with a an elderly person with a dementia. So we're very interested in how you're working to coordinate this and to help people manage this. Yes. So your case is, it's not abnormal. It's actually very, you know, common and especially to get confused with the medications, the, the titration, the different doctors and stuff like that. And unfortunately, the, real, the realism of today is that the responsibility also is on the caregiver's shoulders. And I realize that. And without the caregiver having a um, bird's eye view of the situation, and, you know, just because their loved one got diagnosed with something so, you know, severe and or so life-changing that doesn't necessarily make you an expert in managing healthcare, right? So I'm like, oh my goodness, how do we start? And that is my life, life's work right there is because we needed to develop a program that allows the caregiver to quickly have a bird's eye view of their loved ones and understand it. And there's some things that, 
you know, the caregiver and how I, and, and part of the program, I guess, I guide the, the caregiver to see which they need to know about. And so they won't get confused on things that they can allow the practitioners to take control of. Example. So if you're a caregiver and you are navigating through the healthcare system, and let's say we have the neurologist, and then we have um, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. then we might have a rheumatologist, and then we may have a gastroenterologist. So we have, you know, these four four specialty physicians that you are juggling on top of, you know, having your primary provider. So that's five altogether. So as a caregiver, you have to go through all of this and understand the medications and what they're taking and therapies and everything. So what my program does is teaches the caregiver how to oversee the overseers and allow the overseers to then take care of their specializations. And of course, communication comes into that too. So as the caregiver um, is overseeing everybody, they can allow the rheumatologist to take extra special therapy you know, to the arthritis, or they can allow the neurologist to take the met, you know, uh, for the condition of Alzheimer's or dementia and take that disease and manage that. But it's important for the caregiver to make sure that that communication tool and the medications that they're taking and stuff like that. So what my program does is allows that to oversee, but then um, lets you know what you can relieve the burden of responsibilities on to the specialists while what you need to do as far as a communication tool. So I divide those two in a very clear line and you can then, uh, you know, analyze or address to yourself, okay, is this something that I can rely on the physician to do while I need to do this as a communicator? And so that's what my program does. So you have the HIPAA loss, right? So how does having all this information in a place still meet the intent of the HIPAA loss? Ah, so... With this being said, and I hear a lot about technology and stuff like that. See, the issue is, is that a lot of healthcare clinics went into the technology base and they have a lot of that shared information within their clinic. Mine is a paper record. So basically it fits into your home and that information does not go outside of your home. However, I do have a component in this program that... uh, teaches at-home care teams how to collaborate. So adult children taking care of the parent with dementia is, you know, a a very common scenario. And when you have adult children, maybe, you know, multiple, like, you know, two or or more, and then you have their grandchildren and everybody's kind of chipping in and seeing what they can do. My My program teaches everybody how to do that. But when we do collaborate on a care team, I do have a um, short video that everybody can go through, and it's about 10 minutes. It talks about HIPAA compliance and how to be respectful of your loved one and the kind of conversations that you can have, you know, 
if you're in a restaurant or especially if you're in a small town, you want to make sure that the health information is private. And so, you know, if you are just going to the soda shop or whatever, and you're discussing, you know, as, or after the game, and you're discussing taking care of your grandparents or whatever the case is, um, I have a component that teaches people, like children especially, what kind of things are appropriate to say in public and what are not. So this is more a communication tool amongst the care team as opposed to communication tool back and forth with the different doctors? Yes. So you are, okay. as the caregiver, you are the overseer and you are in charge of all of the information. And you are also responsible for communicating. What my program does is lays it all out, standardizes it, so that way, all of your care team, whichever you know you care to share mm-hmm. the health information with, is is going to know. There are some other sensitive, you know, um, you know, along with chronic conditions that a lot of you know family members don't want to share with all of the family. So if you're right. going, you know, to somewhere where there might be a, you know, a, a UTI or an STD or something like that, which is you know, it, it, it happens. And, you know, grandma or grandpa would feel uncomfortable sharing that with their grandchildren or something like that, other than having their power of attorney, that power of attorney, I teach them how to navigate all that with HIPAA. It's just part of the component. I would say that with this program, with my program, uh, Patient Better, it, it teaches people how to, you know, oversee and govern their own, you know, loved ones, medical care and how to collaborate a team and how to communicate with other professionals on the care team. With that being said, it's just a side of what you have to do as a, you know, primary caregiver. It's just a caregivers have to take care of everything. And this is just a cornerstone, I guess, or just a compartment of many things that you guys have to do as caregivers. But what my component does is lays it all out for you. So that's one thing that you don't have to worry about. And you can focus on, you know, being that person's loved one, um, whether you're the child or, you know, the sister and stuff like that. You can focus on that where you don't have to worry about the medical record management side of things. You know, it, it's interesting because when when we, and I say we, but Bobby did the absolute lion's share of taking care of my dad, probably 90 plus percent of it. But she had, A, her go bag, right? So at any given time, she can grab the bag and go. But she also had a smart book, as we called it. And it was basically a journal and log of all the conversations, all the different um, incidences that happened at home and also with the doctors and whatnot. So um, this sounds similar to her smart book, except it's in a more organized manner as opposed to a chronological manner. Am, Am I? Yes and no. So it is in a chronological manner. That that way she, you know, she's, she's not right, right, right. The only thing is, is that I standardized it. So when you're just diagnosed or your loved one is just diagnosed, you go into the program and then you learn right off the bat, a standardized format. 
it's kind of like it's kind of like going into the first and second grade, right? You're going into elementary school and you know how to speak the language and everything that you're going to school with. However, you don't know how to organize the letters or write the alphabet and stuff like that. And so what my program does is is it teaches people how to, you know, write write letters, form words and create paragraphs as opposed to having to do it yourself. So like in Bobby's case, and I'm sure that this took a lot of thinking on her side, and it does. It takes a lot of thinking on every caregiver's whichever program, self-program that they make for themselves. And the thing about it is, is even though you have the caregiving component to it and it works for you, is that information for each caregiver going to be the most efficient and effective to share with each professional? And so how this standard program benefits everybody is that with my medical background and the acronyms and technology and our, um, you know, um, terminology and, and everything that I've been hearing for the last 20 years from professionals, I've brought that into the caregiving side of things. So with that standardized format, it's still chronological and stuff like that, but I kind of just kind of condense it and make it simpler and easy for you to learn. Like, for example, Bobby, how how many hours or if not days did it take you to refine and make that organization journal perfect? I can't even I can't even begin to to think um, because you know what I called what I did was um, creative problem solving on the run. So you know I tried a number of different things before I found things that worked. But I can see the real value in in your program. Because one of the things that really concerned me when I realized how um, complicated the care for Roger was going to be was being able to communicate well with the medical professionals in a way that they would listen to me and understand that I knew what I was talking about. Um, even went so far as to go and get training as a medical assistant because I, so I could understand the terms and you know, a number of them asked me how many years I'd been a nurse or, you know, things like that. Um, because it was real important to me to be able to do this communication. And if your program is as successful as we hope it will be, then there's a standard when somebody goes to talk to a medical professional. And I think that's going to make things a whole lot easier for everyone. Because one of the things that we found was so frustrating was these multiple health professionals weren't talking to each other. And even though, you know, everything is on a computer now, they didn't necessarily look at what the other physicians were doing. So when I said to a nurse, he's not taking his antipsychotics, I can tell by his behavior. And she said to me, well, he seems compliant, not understanding that, yes, he will take the pills. He'll put them in his mouth. And when they walk away, he'll spit them out or put, flush them down the toilet. They didn't have that information because they weren't, it, it was there, but they weren't looking at it. And that was so frustrating. And I think what you're doing is going to help 
make that happen less often. I mean, it's never going to be perfect, but what you're doing, I think, is is incredibly important and really needed. Yes, and um, my program it's it's a self paced learning, and I try to use every social tool that I can out there to make sure that I'm accessing caregivers to let them know that I'm out here and there's something there to help them with that. And what you were describing just now and talking to the physician and having them do this, the issue is, is that the, the clinician is providing a thing called point of care service. And just understanding what that means helps caregivers understand exactly what's going on. So when the clinician was giving you a point of care service, they were giving you um, their analysis of what they saw at that specific point of time in Roger's treatment. And when the, phys- when the clinician saw that, they gave the analysis, but they have no idea of what's going on after you guys leave the office and everything that went on prior to the office to give you that. So what my program does is helps prepare before the appointment so that way the clinician will take you seriously. And I give you guys the tools and tips needed to say, okay, this is what needs to be done. This is what happened you know, prior to the appointment. This is the reason why the appointment is being made. And this is why we are here today. Because as you guys know, a lot of, you know, people with dementia, as they go, they become homebound and that appointment means a lot. And if you guys, if, if that appointment is wasted and the information and you're just seeing a point of care treatment and you're like, okay, I'm not getting the help and I'm not getting the benefit and the information I need from this appointment, you're stuck having to make another appointment or you're going somewhere else to, you know, seek the same, you know, answers <laughs> for the questions that you had. And with that being said, my program walks you through that. And there's a lot of components, but I wouldn't say that this is something that you can learn or would you want to learn in a couple of hours, like, you know, in the afternoon. This is an ongoing learning process and you would learn, you know, Mm -hmm. at your own pace or your family's pace that takes, you know, either, you know, three weeks, depending on your you know, availability and your time to, you know, 12 months or keep, keep this program around as your, you know, as your, as your teddy bear (laughs) for comfort, (laughs) for comfort. (laughs) And then, you know, um, and, and support. So yes. And that's, that's a very often, you know, issue is the titration, the, the therapy, the medicines, and then, of course, that point of care where the clinician isn't able to, you know, see what's going on. And the program I help you design communicates a window to what you guys are going through at, at home. And that's really where the majority of the, of the medical things are happening. So, Jennifer, um, you know, our goal here on this podcast is to educate and hopefully make lives better for both the dementia caregiver and the person with the diagnosis of dementia. 
And I think you've given us a lot of food for thought. And it is my personal hope that people look at this and possibly take advantage of it. And what we will do is we will put links to the Patient Better website uh, on our show website and so people can reach back to you. And really, thank you. You've been quite a wealth of information. Um, you you kind of get, as, as a person that does presentations on how to have good doctor visits, you've given me some insights that I can turn around and use also. So thank you for agreeing to be on the show. It's been a joy having you. And it was great to get to know you guys better too. And I'm so happy for what you guys have done and put through for everybody and the kind of uh, collaborations you guys have done with, with so many speakers. It's amazing. Thank you for having me. We always learn from every single guest and, you know, we definitely learn from you as well. And, you know, for our listeners to know that your program is, is going to be there to help them is absolutely invaluable. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Mike. I really didn't take any notes because everything that Jennifer was sharing with us, it was so clearly expressed that I didn't think that yes. I, I really needed to um, highlight. You know, and, and I agree with you. I didn't take any notes either. But the one thing that when I was looking at this prior, and, and the one thing that just jumped out at me was HIPAA and the way she explained it, you actually have the control over who sees what and you, what you give. I think that that kind of allayed that. I don't know if it was a fear, but it was a question. Um, so that was really important. She also mentioned being careful if you're out in public and talking oh, yeah. about these yeah, things, yeah. which is not something that I typically would think about. Nope. So that was a lesson learned right there. So we definitely thank Jennifer for that. Yes. You can find more information about Jennifer and links to the Patient Better website on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. Bobby and I would love to hear from you, answer any questions you might have, or just find out how you're doing. Please connect with us on our Roger That Facebook and Twitter. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that, dot show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.